What is up, everybody? It's time again for the Healthy Adult Fitness Podcast. Healthy AF. Healthy AF, baby. That's the only way we roll. And guess what? We are on part two of our series on the 5X Boot Camp. And when you do a boot camp, you can expect to get your butt kicked. And we're kicking your butt with a lot of awesome health information. And this one is going to be dedicated today to this wonderful buzzword we keep hearing out in the streets called fasting, which I've been doing for 20 plus years in some form or the other. Jill's been doing it for a long time. We have this subject dialed in. And if you haven't seen the movie Fasting yet, it's a documentary on Amazon Prime. We highly suggest you see it. It's got a lot of great information in there and a lot of experts talking about it. Now, let's get into business. Miss Jill. Kevin. Yeah. Let's you know, talk about fasting. Let's talk about fasting. I'm going to give just a, a little bit. So in my 20s, in my teens, in my 20s, in my 30s, I mean, cardio junkie. Right. We're talking cardio junkie. I think we've all been down that road. Yeah, I think we've all been down that road. And, you know, at this point, I'm probably, you know, I was, I was really, you know, involved in my career. I had 12 plus hours a day to work because I didn't have kids. So, you know, one of the other things was I also had a lot of time on the weekends and after work to dedicate to myself hours upon hours of exercise I could do, right? Realistically, I could do. Um... So I was burning the candle at both ends. But now here I am a mom in my 40s and things change, right? Hormones Mm -hmm. change, life changes. And it's all about being smarter and not harder, right? You need to be smarter on your body and not harder on your body. Because at this point, we're looking for longevity. We're looking for some sort of fountain of youth, right? So what I found in my mid 40s now is that with fasting, which I've been probably doing for about 10 years, with fasting, I'm able to do less and get better results. And it's because my hormones are optimized and they respond to my workouts and my body is more fat adapted. I mean, let me, let's just talk about this again. I have less time for myself. I'm older. My hormones should be going through a major shift right now, but I'm in better shape with more muscle mass and leaner than I've ever been in my life by doing less. Isn't that what everybody is looking for right now? I would have to think so. Um, That is the less is more principle. And I've been teaching that to people in the training atmosphere for better than two decades. And this thing that we're talking about today, fasting, is one one of those things where less is more. The problem that we see most often out there still to this day is the grazing thing mm, with people like yes. to do and six meals a day and five meals a day and I got to eat, eat, eat all day long. And the time, Small meals the time all up. the time. Yeah. Well, what that does, guys, is it screws up your insulin profile. Yeah. You're constantly altering your insulin, which is insulin is a hormone. Yeah. You spike your blood sugar every time you eat a meal that has carbs and protein. We're going to get into that minutiae a little bit further down the line. But every time you do that, you shut off any kind of fasting that's going on and your insulin goes up. Insulin is a fat storage hormone. Just do the math. If you eat six meals a day and you spike your insulin six times a day, you're spiking it six times a day, but it stays elevated all day. So if you start at 6 a.m. in the morning with a, a bagel and organic bagel and cream cheese on it, yeah, it's organic, but so what? You just spike your blood sugar. And then if you eat in two and a half hours, you spike it again and you spike it again and you spike it again. And if you do that all the way till 10 o'clock at night and jump in bed eating all healthy food, guess what? Your insulin level was up high all day long. Absolutely. And what it does is it starts to change your brain too. So over years of doing that um, and subscribing to this, the small meals throughout the day principle, yeah, your calories may be low, but I mean, come on guys, cal- counting calories is like super That's for 80s. the birds. I used it's to do that so 80s, bad. Super 90s. Oh it doesn't work, right? It, act, 
absolutely does not work. It's stressful. But the problem is when you are eating in that tight pattern, it's harder to break that pattern, right? But we're here to tell you that you can break that pattern. And it does, I mean, the, the time that it takes to get over the first hump of fasting will feel like an eternity, but it's actually a pretty short-lived experience. If you can give yourself two weeks of pushing out your first meal or stopping your last meal a lot earlier, feeling that that hunger like actually feeling hunger it's such an unsafe place for people to be mm -hmm. right it's it's almost like it it, it 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 elicits this fight or flight response to be hungry right but if you have been subscribing to this insulin this it, it, like insulin doping it's like you're doping insulin That's throughout the day putting it. right if you have subscribed to this insulin doping for years or for months and you've tried this and it's not working well, you know what? You just have to change your brain. And guys, we all know that changing the brain does not take that long. It just Correct. takes a little bit of, of discipline. Um, of discipline, exactly. And this is a perfect segue of what Jill just said to lead into our, our first major point. And we're gonna talk about different types of fasts. And we're not gonna go over all the types of fasts. We're gonna keep this as brief as we can because we can go on for this subject for eight hours in a row easily. But we're gonna talk about some of the most buzzworthy words you might have heard in relation to fasting. So the first thing I wanna talk about is TRE, which is an abbreviation for time-restricted eating. You might also hear this referred to as time-restricted feeding. Um, there are some experts and scientists that like to refer to it as TRE because they say we're not pigs, and pigs feed and, 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 and people eat. Babies feed. And babies too. feed. So TRE is a form of intermittent fasting, and intermittent fasting is another buzzword, and some people say there's a difference between intermittent fasting and time-restricted eating. But you know what? I don't really care how you justify it or how you call it. As long as you do some form of time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting, you are gonna get benefits. So time-restricted eating simply is this. You cut down the time in which you eat and the time in which you fast is longer than the time you eat. Now, believe me, this is as easy as it gets. Grade two mentality right here. If you eat between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. every single day and that's all you do, and you make sure that you fast for 12 hours and a solid 12 hours fasting, not like 11 and a half or 11 and three quarters, I mean the solid 12 hours, and you make sure you fast through the night, if you just did that, and that's it, you would get entry-level benefits of fasting. You would help promote weight loss, you would start to get your hormones in balance, and that is all we ever ask anybody to do. That is right. basic, that is and simple, starts, that goes always back and to And it the, starts to control your hunger, which yes. is at the forefront of this entire thing, right? Why do people fail on diets? Because they're hungry, I'm hungry all the time. We're gonna talk to you guys a little bit about what happens with that hunger, that hunger hormone, and then your I'm not hungry hormone, right? We've all felt that. I'm hungry, I'm not hungry. Guess yep. what that is? That's a hormone reaction in your yep, body. it's all hormones. And by pushing out, by, by um, condensing your eating window, it will actually help to curb your hunger. Mm -hmm. And Jill said it best earlier when she said push your first meal ahead a little bit. That's exactly what she was talking about. So if you normally get up, if you are the person who gets up in the morning and has a whole grain bagel, a cup, a cup of oatmeal, a banana with peanut butter, or something healthy because you've been told in, a, in some kind of fitness magazine that it's healthy and it's good to start a day with breakfast and blah, 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 and you listen to the experts your whole life, guess what? The experts are not actually correct. You've got to find the right experts who are correct. When you do that first thing in the morning, sometimes you end up getting a little bit of energy and then a couple hours later, your head is down on your table and you're drooling at your desk and you're falling asleep because you spiked your insulin, you spiked your blood sugar, and then bang, you had a crash, then you go and you have another meal and you repeat the process throughout the day. If you forego that first meal and you just drink a bunch of water, you're already sleep, you've slept for eight hours, you're rested. There's, no, there's none of this crap about, oh, I need to eat breakfast, I'm gonna be exhausted in the morning. No, that's not true. You just slept, so you're gonna be rested. Drink water, hydrate your body, and try to push your first meal from 6, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Try that trick of the trade. 
and have something nutritious then. And that could be the whole start of your 12 hour fasting right there. And that is how you kick it off. And you know, the other thing too is you can take breakfast with you. I mm -hmm. constantly have food with me. Yeah, your your um, overnight oats, by My the way, which is in our oats. it's in our fitness reboot cookbook, I might add, FYI. And it's is amazing. Probably you can make that. the it's probably the the thing we get the most comments on because people yeah. want to be able to take a healthy protein-based breakfast with them. And this, you know, these overnight oats are amazing because they have protein powder in them. Um, but it's also shelf stable if you use uh, vanilla almond milk or if you use any sort of almond milk you can keep it with you for hours right and then you can and it's funny we we're talking about this just yesterday sometimes just having food with you curbs your hunger too yeah and just knowing right it's there. knowing that it's there knowing that you're not depriving yourself if you know you have overnight oats with you in your bag you can eat it at any at any point um but pushing that breakfast window out it's 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 actually okay and you're not starving and you're not you gonna will die. not be starving yeah. yourself yeah it's and you know, for some people too, they like to exercise first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. And um, exercising on an empty stomach and pushing your fast out that way. I would say that's the biggest um, hack on the face of the earth. 100%. And I suggest everybody try it. Right, because you know- is a, That is such a game changer. So many studies are showing that taking human growth hormone like in a pill or in an injection form is not safe. Nope. It's it's not. And um it it just it does really stupid crazy things to your normal hormone profile because HGH is a receptor site hormone. Um and you could do some really long-term detriment by taking exogenous human growth hormone. Well, what spikes when you exercise in a fasted state, even a short bout of exercise, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, your natural levels of human growth hormone over time start to increase. After the 12 hour mark, they start to increase. Absolutely. And then when you get to 16 hours of fasting, your fat burning starts to get on fire and it goes through the roof. So that debunks the theory of, oh, if I don't eat every two hours, my metabolism is gonna slow down and I'm gonna get fat. That's ridiculous. How do you get fat by not eating calories? It's impossible. It does Your body needs to burn fat all hours of the day or it's burning oxygen or carbohydrate for energy depending on the intensity in which you exercise. If you're sitting still, Jill and I right now are just sitting here talking. We're a little bit amped up. So we're burning fat right now predominantly. If we start going for a jog, we're still gonna burn fat. The faster we go and the higher intensity it gets, the more our body's gonna tap into our, uh, we're gonna cross the anaerobic threshold and start burning carbohydrate for energy. And then when our energy, our intensity comes down, we're gonna start burning more fat. So there's a continuum of what you're burning, but I promise you this, that, that rhetoric about if you don't eat, you're gonna get fat, it's absolutely unfounded and not true at all. It's complete nonsense. And absolutely. that's what the, the grazers want you to believe and like the people that push the supplements and say, you gotta have a meal, a shake, a meal, a shake, an R shake, and you have to protein before you work on protein after. No, that's all a bunch of lies. That's so much because there's so much money in that. There's yeah, no exactly. money in fasting because you are, you're, you're creating a succession, uh, a succession? Succession. Yeah. Succession of eating or consuming anything, right? How can there be money in that? Yeah. So one of the things that um, that I found um, that I have found over the years is, if I'm not in the right frame of mind, fasting doesn't work for me either, right? So this is my first summer in ten years that I'm able to fast and mountain bike. Okay. Wow. So this is it. I usually put weight on every summer. And I said, you know what? This summer, I'm gonna try something different. I'm not gonna eat before my bike rides. And I try and bike every, I, I try and bike about four mornings a week. And something in my head has told me that I'm not gonna be as strong as I wanna be on my bike. Well, guess what? I am strong, if not stronger, on my bike because I have been doing the fasting. Now, 
in the winter time, I am like 100% legit, never miss a day of fasting, okay? And I have been like that all summer. Now, here's the thing. The stress that I created in myself by not eating before bike rides was huge, right? So I was, I was eliciting this fight or flight response. Okay, so think about that. Just as a person, as your own individual, as your unique body, think about this. If you don't have food and you're thinking about starting this fasting process, does it stress you out? Okay, what we wanna do is give you information so you know the physiological basis behind it so it's not going to stress you out. So you know that, I mean, this is something that, I mean, fasting is being studied by the NIH right now. Mayo Clinic. The Mayo Clinic. I mean, Universe, this, um, USC, UCLA, I mean, you name it. They're all in there. They got their hands on it right now. All hands on deck. It's happening. It's going down. Because, I mean, we're telling you about weight loss and we're telling you about tapping into that fountain of youth. But what they're finding now is the effect on high cholesterol, mm -hmm. the effect on metabolic cancer syndrome, metabolic, diabetes, cancer, exactly. you name it. They're doing all the tests on it right now as we speak. And I mean, it's crazy to think of how many different health benefits you can get from it. Now, guys, here is the asterisk. We are not telling you to starve yourself. Absolutely. In any, in no way, shape or form are we telling you to starve yourself, okay? And if fasting to you elicits this really kind of fight or flight response, don't do it yet, right? Yeah, either don't do it or start it. And if you're aiming for like a 16 hour fast and hour 13 comes and you're getting like really nervous and really shaky and like, <gasps> and like, hyperventilating and stuff, guess what? You're spiking cortisol. And cortisol that will spike. the purpose. Yeah, that, that then in turn spikes insulin, and then you go into fat storage mode. Stop at that point and eat. And applaud yourself. <laughs> applaud yourself yeah, for, for making it that far. Hours. Mm -hmm. For the love of God, applaud yourself. This morning, I ate at hour 14, okay? I am like to the T 16 hours. I ate at 14, and you know what? I ate, I was hungry. Um, it's been a long few days, and I'm sure my body was starving for something. And I did it and I applauded myself for still going 14 hours because well, I know I was still getting major benefits. Yeah, and that's the beauty of fasting. You can adjust your schedule according to your lifestyle. And that's another thing. We don't want you to be like um, anti-social or anything because Jill and I went out to dinner last night with a bunch of friends. We ended up eating later and I was just explaining to her before how I feel so pudgy today and, and I feel fat, although I'm not fat, I feel it because I ate so late. And so late for me was like, what, 8.30 maybe? I think 8.30, And yeah. some people start eating at 8.30 and I'm so conditioned to finishing at like five to 5.30 I ate super late last night, but you know what? I'm totally fine right now. And I made it to about 14 and a half hours today. I accepted it and I'm like, well, at least I got my minimal 12 hours in. And that's how you do it. If you eat late at night or drink late at night and you're doing a fasting protocol, then just say to yourself, oh, it's, it's nine o'clock and I normally finish at six and I normally finish at seven. Try to always get that magic 12 hours in the next day. It's not that hard, I'm telling it's, you. When it's you get really used not to it, that hard. One of the biggest, one of the biggest things that I had a problem with too in the beginning was, um, what are my kids gonna think, right? Because I always want my kids to see mom eating. That's a good you point. You know, and during the day, um, okay. Plus the social aspect with your kids. There they is want a social aspect yeah. and they want you to eat with them. And so I would always pick a meal to eat with them. So they don't notice if I'm not eating breakfast, right? It's hard. I've now just cooked bacon. Well, I'd have a really sausage. hard time with that. Smelling all that pancakes and the oh bacon. Oh my gosh, pancakes, peanut salt, butter toast. I mean, it's that took me probably a couple years to get past the the mental mind game of that. Um, and now I'm actually able to make breakfast for my kids. But I always thought, what are my kids gonna think if I'm not eating, right? So, hmm, okay, what do I do on vacation? I go and I sit and I drink black coffee mm -hmm. when my kids are having breakfast. They usually don't notice because I am going to have dinner with them, right? Lunch I usually miss with my kids during the school year because obviously they're at school and they're having lunch. And so I always make sure to have dinner with them. And listen, if we're running around and we're crazy and let's say we have 
a lacrosse game that starts at 5.30 and my dinner is 5.30, I ask the kids to come sit down with me so I can eat at five. Mm, Just say, hey guys, listen, I wanna be able to make sure that when we get home, I'm able to make you dinner and get you off and rolling, finish homework, get your baths and get you to bed, right? So I'm gonna eat my dinner right now. And it's still that social, it's still that social connection that I have with my children. And because I do want them to know that mom eats, right? Mm -hmm. And if you break it, if so anyway, I had to add that in because as a parent, sometimes that's the hardest thing. Your food comes last, Yeah. right? Your food comes last. And if your food's coming last at eight or 8.30, it's not really the greatest time. Because if you go to bed at 10.30 or if you go to bed at 10, now you've got a belly full of food. Yeah. And that's not great for your circadian rhythm. Nope. Because after seven o'clock at night, all of your organs want to shut down. Your body starts to go into reparation mode and recovery mode and your HGH rises when you're sleeping. That's actually when you build muscle. You may, you guys may have heard of this before or not, but I'll tell I'll tell you again. You don't build muscle when you're in the gym working out and doing bench presses and, and squats and stuff like that. You might see veins popping out of your arms and like swole going on, but that's just from blood circulation happening. You really build muscle when you're sleeping. It's in the recovery process. That's why everything you do outside the gym is critically important to gaining muscle, maintaining muscle, maintaining lean muscle, especially as you age. And during the sleep cycle, that is critically important to try to go to bed on a fasted state because your insulin levels will be low. And when insulin goes low and the longer it stays low, the higher your HGH naturally rises. And we're not gonna go into like deep, deep research about the HGH level and, and when and how often to trigger it. But you do wanna trigger it when you're sleeping at night. And if you eat late at night after seven o'clock, you lose it. And it doesn't matter, I use this reference all the time. If it's organic kale salad with an organic chicken breast on top at 10 o'clock at night, it still is gonna spike your blood sugar because there's protein and that's gonna throw off your circadian rhythm and it's gonna throw off your liver and you're gonna release insulin and you're not gonna tap into the high HGH rise at night and your immunity is gonna be compromised and a lot of things are going to happen. So again, we'll go back to all the way back to point A. If you do nothing else today, this is what we ask of you. Just eat between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. and that'll get you on the playing field. And then after a couple weeks, if you wanna get adventurous, increase it to 13 hours, increase it to 14 after a couple more weeks after that and mm-hmm. slowly build your way up. And that's when Jill was getting at before. That's how your hormones will start to come into balance and we might as well jump into the, the two main hormones you wanna concern yourself with right now. And they are called There's my grr. It's like a it's like a bear. Growling. And I always say that my stomach is growling. Growling. It's just like a nasty beast of a hormone. Yeah, growling. Right? And so is your stomach really growling? No, it's ghrelin. Ghrelin. G-H-R-E. I've seen it spelled both ways. G-H-R-E-L-I-N. And some people spell it G-R-E-H-L-I-N. You know what? I don't care how you spell it. And I don't care if you send me a note and spell it any way you want. Just know what it is. Ghrelin is the hunger stimulating hormone. So when you're hungry, your ghrelin levels are high. You, That's you, you drive by a McDonald's and you smell the the And a trigger response goes on in your nose yep. and ghrelin spikes and you become hungry and you're like, ooh, or you smell donuts or you smell pastries in the morning when you walk in the office. Yes, ghrelin. But spike. guess what? Guess what? It's not you. It's ghrelin. It's all it is. it is is a hormone. That's all it is. And this and is where we're it. just like arming you with knowledge so you can say, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Okay, but there's also this beautiful Greek goddess. Yes. Oh, she is just like the most beautiful. Isn't thing. that ironic? That is leptin and lept. Is it leptus? She's What's named it? after lept. She's it's, Le- so leptin is named after the Greek goddess leptos. Leptos. That's it. Leptos. Yeah. She yeah. is this beautiful, long, lean Greek goddess, right? And her hormone is leptin. Okay. Yep. She is named after leptin. Leptin is your I'm not 
hungry yep. hormone, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so this is this crazy, crazy thing that happens, right? And I can, I don't even have to look at my watch to see what's happening, but if I go 16 hours and something happens and I'm supposed to eat, right? And I make it to 17 for some reason, at 16, my ghrelin goes through the roof and then something happens, right? Like I have to pick up a phone call from the school or something. And then all of a sudden now it's another hour before I eat. I've got that same food next to me. I don't want to eat it at hour 17. Mm -hmm. the, because leptin has kicked in and I have become that beautiful Greek goddess. Now, there is a problem there too, because I find too that if I go past 18 hours sometimes, just on a normal day, right? If I go past 18 hours, then I can't get enough food to satisfy myself. So I try and always get around between 16 and 18 hours. That's interesting. Cause so when I get to that point, the exact same point you did, sometimes I'm ravenous in the morning at sometimes 15 hours and then 16 hours. And at, at the 16 hour mark, my body is accustomed to eating. So ghrelin spikes, I get really hungry. Then if I make it past that 16 hour mark and 17 hours come, I'm shocked at how low my appetite has become. Leptin really spikes. And I'm like, holy smoke, I'm not hungry at all. And then I'll have a slight spike in hunger, I'll eat a meal, and I'm, I, I need less food to satiate me. It's completely opposite. That's interesting. And that could very well be the difference between a man and a woman. Yeah, it totally Because we're two to totally different animals, and our hormone structure is completely different, and our fasting protocols are relatively the same, but everyone is different, and you have to kind of experiment and do what's best for your body. But just know that 12 plus hours is going to be on the groundwork and the framework of what you want to start with, and then always aspire to go a little bit further. And let's go into our next point here, which is weight loss. And I said it before, when you hit the 16 hour mark, that's when the, the fire really starts kicking in. And if you really are trying to lose weight, then we highly suggest you try to get yourself up to a 16, 16, eight protocol as soon as possible. Absolutely. And even push to 18 if you can. Right, because I mean, if you are completely exhausted counting calories and you're completely exhausted um, just trying to track everything that goes into your mouth all the time, this might be the best thing for you, right? Because realistically, if you're eating in a short, in a smaller window, you're eating less calories. Absolutely. And like I was saying before, your body gets accustomed to getting full faster when even if you're really hungry, like I was saying with me, I'm able to get by on less calories. You, you're the, the bacteria in your stomach gets to recycle and reproduce and you actually build better gut flora. So what ends up happening is you digest food better and you get full faster on the same, on less calories than you might've been eating before. And then those calories get put to good use because they're not being wasted and you build more lean muscle mass and this is why you get lean muscle mass with fasting and your hormones come back into balance, your brain function goes up, your energy levels go up and magic things start to happen. So that is one of the killer benefits of fasting right there. And as far as the weight loss goes, just like we said, you end up eating less calories you don't eat as often, you don't spike insulin as often, you're not in fat storage as often, you're in fat burning more often. So I mean, just do the math. There's like a million reasons why fasting is, is more beneficial for weight loss in the big picture. Absolutely, and you know, um, one of the other things too is, you know, if you find you're one of those people that gets that 3 p.m. slump and the 4 p.m. slump, so many people talk about this. I get articles sent to me all the time in my email about what, how to get over the 3 p.m. and 4 p.m. Yeah. slump. That, Have this bar, drink this coffee, drink this tea, drink this, take this pill. It has That's everything to do with what you've done in the morning uh -huh. and what you've done in the afternoon. You've laid the foundation. And I can almost guarantee that if you push your breakfast out some hours, you will not be um, having that 3 p.m., 4 p.m. slump. Absolutely. Because that's insulin based. Mm -hmm. That's a rise and fall of insulin. Yeah, and that's a good segue into what we're gonna talk about next, which is hormone optimization. And that's exactly what happens. The longer you fast, 
the more your hormones come into balance. We've already touched a little bit on hormones, but let's, let's recap a little bit here. So our ultimate goal in life is balance. You wanna get ghrelin and leptin into balance. That's gonna stabilize your appetite. That will help with weight loss. When they go into balance, insulin becomes lower, HGH goes up higher. You build more muscle, you maintain lean, more, more lean muscle mass. When you have those in balance, your, your sex life is better. Your brain function is better. Your mood is better. I mean, the list goes on and on. Inflammation starts going down. All of this has to do with balancing your hormones. So that is quintessential information for you to know going forward. Absolutely, because I mean, so many, so many women, especially women I know, um, in their mid forties, fifties, whatnot, every time they go to their doctor, they're talking about their hormones. Yeah. That's what they want to know. Absolutely. Any, I would say any male or female 40 plus, that's like the main thing you should be focusing on is how do I improve my gut health? How do I stay? How do I balance my hormones? How do I get more energy? And like, I hear a lot of people saying, I want to inc increase my sex drive, improve my sleep habits, all these different things. And a lot of it starts very simply cutting back on the late night eating and drinking. When I say drinking, I'm talking about alcohol specifically because it really spikes your blood. That's like the worst thing you can do. Eating late at night and accompanying that with alcohol is the uh -huh. worst thing you can do. If you did nothing else, <laughs> I keep coming back to this, of all the parroting, all the chat, stuff we're chatting about today, if you did nothing else after that you listen to this podcast, stop eating before seven and stop eating and drinking late at night and don't, eat, don't drink alcohol late at night. So this is another question we get from people. So what happens if I'm being social? Right? Like what happens if, you know, I've gone to a dinner party and I look at my watch and our forks go down at seven and let's say dessert hasn't even been served yet or everybody's about to have a nightcap. Listen, the only people that get challenged in that situation are the other people around you. Okay? Mm -hmm. If you're staying strong in who you are and what your decision is, it should not matter. So here it is, right? It has been many, many nights that I have said, this dessert looks amazing. Can I take it home with me? Like I am so full right now that I want to be able to enjoy this. Can I take it home? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, right? You know what else I do is I take with me, um, I take with me a like an AHA water or a Zevia, something that I can pour into my wine glass that I can still be with my guests sipping and everybody's sipping. Nobody's really looking in each other's glasses when they're sipping. They just want to make sure that people don't have their hands behind their back in an awkward scenario, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So what happens if you're at a dinner party and you don't want to offend anybody? Okay, A, don't worry about offending somebody, yep. okay? B, take the dessert home. It's going to make them very, very happy to know that you're eating their dessert tomorrow, which you can eat it tomorrow within your window. And always have something in your glass to sip, whether it's water or a Zevia or Sparkling a bubbly water, water anything, anything like that. Anything any, like any that. Any zero calorie beverage is fine, other than ones with artificial sweetener in it. We do not condone the use of that stuff. That's a whole other project. So let's talk about something real quick. What breaks a fast and what you can drink on a fast. Okay, I will take the floor uh, first on the, both of these topics. Um, what breaks a fast? Protein breaks a fast, absolutely does. Um, carbohydrates in a split second. Processed carbs, split second. Sweetened beverages breaks a fast instantly. Soda, sweet tea, you name it. Anything that's got sweetness to it. Um, water does not break a fast. Sparkling water does not break a fast. Zero calorie beverages technically do not break a fast. Jill mentioned Zevia, that's a soda company that we like. It's a zero calorie, all natural soda alternative to the diet soda. I don't particularly like the diet soda with the asulfame, potassium, and the artificial colors in it, I would avoid those. Technically, Zevia will not break a fast, but it can trigger 
your ghrelin levels a little bit. So just be careful with those type of beverages. And anytime you have a beverage that has bubbles in it or carbonation, it can cause space in your stomach. And then when you belch, it can also flare up ghrelin and it can also cause you to become hungry. So be careful with those. We get a lot of questions about tea. Does green tea break a fast? Does, does regular tea break a fast? Black tea, does black coffee break a fast? Um, the truth of the matter is technically they don't, but in some cases they do. It's really, it's kind of a catch 22 right there. The only way to truly tell is if you get a finger prick test, check your blood sugar before you drink said coffee, especially black coffee, and then check it again about 20 minutes later. And if there's a, a rise in blood sugar, then yes, it breaks a fast for you. But for the average person, it may not. But you also have to look at the goals. Is weight loss and fat loss your main goal? If that is the case, then don't even worry about checking your blood sugar. And then coffee is totally fine because I, I look at fasting as a form of trying to reverse the aging process and hitting autophagy, which means cell death, and killing all the bad cells in my system and boosting my immune system through the roof. Fat loss and weight loss is not necessarily my goal. If that is your goal, then drinking coffee first thing in the morning is fine because I know a lot of people out there like to drink coffee and fast. Fat, pure fat, does not break a fast, but it is high in calories. So all of you people out there that like to take coffee and put two tablespoons of butter and two tablespoons of coconut oil and mix it up and say, ooh, this tastes so good. Ugh, it sounds awful. Yeah, there's 750 calories you just imbibed. So it's still calorie rich, but it's not gonna technically break a fast. So those are some key things that do and don't break a fast. And lastly, if you ever feel hungry in your fasting, make sure to bring sea salt with you and just mm. chomp on it yeah. or put it in your water. That's a secret hack right there to keep your um, hunger down and it also keeps your electrolytes high because when you fast for a long period of time, your body starts purging sodium and um, what's the other one? Potassium and chloride mm -hmm. and all these important electrolytes. So sea salt will kill your appetite in a second. That's going to help you and get to your And it's getting fast. crunchy. Like, and it's crunchy, you, yeah. If you get like the pink Himalayan sea salt or the black salt, it, it's actually crunchy and you can crunch on it, which um, mimics the whole thing of eating. And if you give it 15 minutes, it does help to subside your appetite. Absolutely. And it's very alkaline too. And it puts your body into an alkaline state and acidity is what you don't want. Alkalinity is what you do. Anything else you want to add to that, Jill? Um, there is not a one cookie cutter uh, program for every person. Um, and you, it, fasting is not something you need to do every day. You can get major benefits by fasting five days a week. Yep, absolutely. Um, so start slow and build on it, right? You, yeah, if you wanna jump into a 16 hour fast every day, I'm not gonna tell you not to do that, but I am gonna tell you if you're already fasting uh, 12 hours, bleh, let's try for 13. If you're already fasting 13 hours naturally, push for 14. What people's biggest problem is, in my opinion, is black coffee. Yeah. How on earth am I gonna go from my favorite coffee that I put my sugar and I put my cream, cream and, and I put my stuff in. A fancy in. cream that smells really good when I walk past it Absolutely. All the time. So here's the thing, guys. Have a, listen, just have a little cup of black coffee. Get through that caffeine slump. I am a caffeine freak. I love it. I love it in the morning. I take my black coffee now and I put some some uh, chocolate flavored stevia, uh, stevia drops in there. Mm. And it's actually really good. Um, so that's, I will say the number one thing that people have a problem with that, that I coach is how do I, how do I start drinking black coffee? It sounds like a punishment. Um, yeah, it's crazy to think about, but it's actually easier, especially when you're traveling, right? Yeah. You don't have to go find your fancy creamers. You don't That's have true. to, you know, it actually is a lot easier. Well, fasting in general is easier than six meals a day because you don't have to put so much thought into food too. And you spend, Absolutely. you don't have to spend so much money. You don't have to like pre-make all these meals. I still see pictures of people on social media just like, oh, meal prep day. And they're in the kitchen smiling. And they have like pots and pans everywhere and, and chicken breasts and steamed vegetables. I'm like, oh God, if you just, if you people just knew, if you really knew what you were doing to your body, 
It's so bad. So anyway, Jill has a good point about the black coffee thing. It's so much easier to prepare and you can just grab it and go. And I we've personally given you don't a ton of information today. We realize that. We've given you a ton of information. And ironically, we only scratched the surface with fasting. I know, really. <laughs> but the, the, the number one thing is, guys, people are looking for the fountain of youth. They're looking to try smarter, not harder. And they're looking to do get more results by doing less. And I can almost guarantee you this is the way to do it. Having been in the fitness industry for over 25 years, we, Kevin and I, have been through every fad. And we I'm have. not calling fasting a fad because fasting has been around since Jesus' time. Yeah, it's been around longer uh, than anything else. Absolutely. And so, listen, I'm telling you, if, if, if a lot of things have not worked for you in the past, I encourage you to try this. Yep. And just remember that we'll go right back to the last the principle we've been talking about all the way through this. We're going to leave you with this. To start out, Here's your homework. 12 hours of fasting a day, eat between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Try to get rid of that late night eating and drinking of alcohol and just eat three square meals a day, no snacks in between, have water in between, and eat sea salt if you're getting hungry. It's that simple. And that's your baseline information right there. Take that with you and good luck with it and let us know if you have any questions or comments. This has been Healthy Adult Fitness Radio Podcast. I just threw the word radio in there. I That's like funny. It. I like the word radio. 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 We, we sound more authentic that way, don't we? Yep, 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 yep. Healthy Adult Fitness. Yep, 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 yep. Radio. Muppets, right? Radio. Radio. Yep, 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 yep. All right. Radio. This is Killer K-Rail. Chill Molshan. Have a great day, you guys. Till next time.